when we're disconnected from nature and animals, we lose ourselves. But when we return to nature and animals, we rediscover ourselves and who we truly are. And we're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to be supporting, loving, and protecting each other. And we're supposed to be sharing this planet. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you're listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, founder Ellie Lacks shares how the gentle barn helps heal animals and people. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund by making a donation on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website, buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com, or buying our note cards featuring Rosie and Peaches and our shirts on BarkYours.com. Links are in the description. Your donations and purchases help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but here are some popular levels. $30 provides a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog, and $100 covers their entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, even if you aren't looking for a dog. Watching and sharing the videos helps our channel gain exposure, bringing awareness to our cause, and giving shelter dogs much-needed attention. Our free Rosie Fund YouTube channel offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Next time on Dog Words, companion animal nutrition expert Daniel Shuloff joins us to discuss key issues for pet owners like obesity, diabetes, and cancer. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Joining us from Santa Clarita, California, is the founder of Gentle Barn, Ellie Lacks. Ellie, welcome to Dog Words. Thank you for having me. The motto of Rosie Fund, the presenter of Dog Words, is we save each other, which really is sort of our take on the human-animal bond. And with Rosie Fund, we focus on that bond that we have with dogs. But it's not the human-dog bond, it's the human-animal bond. I think what you and your colleagues are doing is really the perfect example of how wonderful that human-animal bond can be. So that's a story we want to tell our listeners today. Ellie, Tell us what is Gentle Barn. So the Gentle Barn is a national organization located in California, Missouri, and Tennessee. We rescue severely abused and neglected animals that have nowhere else to go. And then when they're healthy and happy and ready, we partner with them to heal people with the same stories of trauma. So we work with children in foster care, um, classes of kids who might have special needs or disabilities. We work with teens on probation, domestic violence shelters, homeless shelters, and individuals, anybody that is dealing with depression, anxiety, loneliness, stress, or just anyone that loves animals or needs a good hug, they can come out to the gentle barn and they can find hope and healing in the embrace with our gentle giants. What prompted you to start this amazing organization? I run the Gentle Barn with my husband and co-founder, Jay Weiner, and me and Jay in our separate childhoods 
both know firsthand the healing and life-saving properties that animals have. We both went through struggles in our childhood. There was some abuse, there were loneliness, there were struggles, a lot of challenges, and it was always animals that saved us. And so we both know firsthand what it's like to cry to an animal and have them listen or have an animal look at us and mirror back that we're wanted and lovable or just being around animals and feeling like are the best versions of ourselves. And so having that experience, we now allow any hurting or struggling person to come into the doors of the gentle barn and not only fall in love with these animals and hear their stories of resilience and just have fun because animals are amazing, but really get the nurturing and the love and the sustenance from these animals that have also gone through trauma, healed, forgiven, learned to love again, and pay it forward to the hurting humans that come visit them. And some people who are suffering in the ways you describe, seeing these animals and caring for those animals has to help, especially children, learn how to be caring and empathetic. Yes, absolutely. And remember, most of the people that come to us are people that live in the cities. So they know concrete, they know violence, they know noise, they know lots of different media and information coming at them from all angles. They know being in their cell phone and on their computers. So they're not typically connected to nature and animals. And so when they come into the doors of the gentle barn, they're seeing color, they're seeing open spaces, they're seeing creatures of different shapes and sizes and colors. And under all of it, they're discovering that no matter what we look like, no matter how we behave, no matter what language we speak, under all of it, we are all the same. So it does cultivate empathy, compassion, taking care of someone else in an effort to gain confidence in yourself, connecting with others to find yourself, all of that, absolutely. Children clearly aren't going to, you know, get an Uber and head out to the gentle barn. They have to have somebody find the gentle barn, realize this was it's something that would be a benefit to them, and then get them there. How do the children find you and get to the gentle barn? The gentle barn is open to the public on Sundays where families can come out and not only enjoy the animals um, and their connection, but also enjoy each other in a beautiful, open, wide space in an activity that they don't usually do. We also host school field trips, private tours, birthday parties. So they either come with their families or their friends or their classrooms. It has to be so eye-opening. You describe going from an environment where Not only are there not a lot of animals, they're certainly not the kinds of animals that they're going to see at the gentle barn. Does it take a while for children to adjust to, well, I can actually touch this animal. I can walk up to this animal that I might not even have known existed before this. Yeah, there are people that come to the gentle barn that are so excited to meet a cow for the first time that they're jumping in head first. They can't wait to hug them and hold the chickens and be with them. And then, yes, there are other kids and and people, even adults, that come into the gentle barn and they're a little anxious. They're a little nervous because they're bigger than they thought they were. Maybe they had a traumatic experience with a chicken in their childhood, so they're feeling awkward around the turkeys. But, you know, even the most resistant person, we give them time, we model how to hug or hold them, we tell them their stories so they can kind of like connect with them. And it only takes a few minutes before they're hugging, holding, sitting on the ground and love these animals. The animals are irresistible. 
what would you say is the most unusual animal that you have? Well, the most unusual animal is an animal named Earl at the California location. And I like to call him our dinosaur because he literally looks like a dinosaur. He's the second largest bird in the world, and he is the closest living relative to the dinosaur. So he has dinosaur feet, bright orange eyes, a fluffy black little head above a giant beak. And he's very intimidating. And people love to get to know him because even though he's so intimidating at first sight, once they get to know him, he's very flirtatious. He's very gentle and kind. And it kind of drives home the point that you can never judge a book by its cover. And at the Missouri location, our most exotic animal is a guinea fowl that has a blue head and a very funny shaped waddle on top of his head. His vocalizations are just out of an animated TV kid series. And he showed up one day. We have no idea if somebody threw him over the fence or if he just came out of nowhere. And when he arrived at the gentle barn, he had a first glance at our chicken opal and decided he was madly in love. And all he cares about is our chicken opal. And they make the funniest couple and they're madly in love with each other. I'm intrigued by, and I certainly don't encourage people just to drop off animals at the gentle barn, but where do you get your emu and your donkeys and pigs and llamas and alpacas and, and this just menagerie of animals? How do they find you? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it is illegal to dump animals and we are not a city shelter. So we highly discourage people from just wandering in and dumping animals on us. They have to go through the appropriate process to intake them into the gentle barn. But we work with the police department. We work with the city shelters. We work with other animal rescues because other animal rescues do the very important work of rehoming adoptable animals while we take in those that are not adoptable. And then people call us when they see cruelty cases and disturbing things. If we can help lure those animals out of the clutches of abusers, we do. Otherwise, we work with the city to get the animals to safety. Do you have any visitors, especially children, who have a favorite in terms of repeat visits that they, they've been once, they've been exposed to this, and now I've got to come back to hang out with Earl or whoever? Yeah, people come, they fall in love, either just with the place in general, or there's like a specific animal that just melts their heart in a specific way for some reason. And yes, they do have to come over and over and over again. It's really sweet being a 24-year-old organization and having little kids that used to visit as children and they wanted to volunteer, but they weren't old enough because volunteers have to be 14. And they keep visiting, visiting, visiting until finally the day comes when they're 14 and they can finally become volunteers. It's really sweet to see. And we've also seen a lot of people come through our rehabilitating program coming in a therapeutic way with the animals, whether in a foster agency or you know, a facility of some kind, and then come back as adults and let us know how the gentle barn and the animals saved their lives and how well they're doing. It's, it's beautiful. It has to be so gratifying for you and your colleagues to see that progression. It really is because we work with individuals, but we also work with agencies. And so we don't necessarily track the progress of the kids that come to us through agencies mm -hmm. because we don't have access to them, right? Yeah, you're not their therapist. You're not keeping files on them. 
Yeah. So not too long ago, there was a woman that came running up to me on an open to the public Sunday. She was about 30 years old. And she said, do you remember me? And I did remember her face, but I couldn't place from where. And she said, 15 years ago, when I was 15 years old, I came to your organization through a foster agency and I had been sex trafficked and finally got out of it, got saved and was in this foster agency. And I felt very, very different from anyone else on the planet. The things that I had been through were unlike anything that anyone else had been through. It was like I was carrying a secret and I was ashamed of it. And honestly, I never at that point thought that I could have a normal life. And I was pretty much planning my suicide. Like I didn't want to be here anymore. And coming to the gentle barn and hearing the different stories of what the animals had been through made me feel normal. It made me realize that we all have stories. We all have lessons to learn and things to overcome. And we all have a past that we could walk away from when we're ready and we can embrace beautiful futures. And after the gentle barn, I started doing better in school I graduated high school, went off to college, and now I have a partner, I have children, I have a fantastic job, and I feel normal because of what the animals at the Gentle Barn did for me. That is, I, I don't know how to put this exactly, that has to be so overwhelming for you to realize this project that is a passion of yours, that you want to help everyone, you want to help every animal, and it's a cliche to say, if we just help one person or if we just help one animal, but that one person makes it all worth it. And then even better, they're not the only one. They're just a small sampling of the countless lives that you have touched, both human and animal. Yeah, it's very rewarding. I mean, I see the tours in person among the animals and it's very clear to see that they're learning empathy and they're learning courage, and they're learning leadership skills, and they're exposed to these animal heroes in a very influential, inspiring way. But to learn of these stories of the take-home from this girl that she literally decided not to commit suicide because of these animals and to decide to have a future, that's what the animals did for me in my childhood. So to see it play out with other people is exactly why I wanted to start The Gentle Barn, and it's very, very rewarding. The case you describe, she speaks to how she was helped by this, but then when she says, I have a partner and I have children, what she learned at The Gentle Barn, she is now teaching and sharing with them, and I'm sure others, those children's friends, her coworkers, her neighbors. She's expressing that compassion and empathy and everything that she learned was within her and that she can share that whole pay it forward, just the exponential benefit of what you're doing in three locations is immeasurable. Well, what you're talking about is the ripple effect. Yes. And I think that it's really, really important to note exactly what you're saying. The world is full of ripple effects. There can be nothing that happens that doesn't kind of vibrate outwards and so when we're walking around in anger or judgment or blame or acting out, those are ripple effects that affect the planet. 
But when we're walking around in peace and gentleness, kindness, health, and healing and love, those are ripple effects that not just heal ourselves, but heal everyone around us and then extend way beyond what we can even imagine to affect this planet. And so keeping in mind those ripple effects is important because how we show up in the world and the experiences that we we have and the things that we learn and the things that we go through, we can change those into either negative or positive ripple effects and really realize that all of us are affecting each other all the time. And it's easier to have a positive effect if you have an animal in your life. Oh, a hundred percent. Always. And, yeah. And just the atmosphere. You talked about people just come for the place, maybe not a specific animal, but just to be there instead of a loud urban center or a hot, steamy, concrete jungle to be in the open space of the gentle barn and just have that energy all around you of what the animals and people are all feeling and sharing. The three locations you have, it's very fortunate for those cities. You have Santa Clarita, St. Louis, and what's the third one? Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. So you have three states covered, 47 more to go. Are there other locations in the pipeline that on the horizon we know are coming? You know, it's funny. When I started The Gentle Barn 24 years ago, there was no social media and there was maybe one or two sanctuaries. I was like one of the only ones. And my little dream was to have a gentle barn in every single state in America so that everyone in America had access to hugging cows, cuddling turkeys, holding chickens, looking in the eyes of these animals, hearing their stories of resilience and opening our hearts to being kinder to them. But over the last 24 years, now we have social media and our social media speaks to a global audience. So it is no longer my mission to open more sanctuaries than the ones that we have, although we are working on a project in New York. But I want to do as much as I possibly can to give these animals a louder voice, a further reach and a larger platform. So I'm writing a whole series of children's books. I wrote my first book, My Gentle Barn, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope, available everywhere. And my second book called Cow Hug Therapy is coming out in May. I want to look into what we can do to really show the world who these animals are and how vitally important it is for us to connect more deeply with animals, not just so that animals have better lives, but for ourselves, because when we're disconnected from nature and animals, we lose ourselves. But when we return to nature and animals, we rediscover ourselves and who we truly are. And we're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to be supporting, loving, and protecting each other. And we're supposed to be sharing this planet. The book you mentioned, My Gentle Barn, Creating a Sanctuary Where Animals Heal and Children Learn to Hope, that's available in the store on the Gentle Barn website, which is gentlebarn.org. I will link to that in the description, along with a link to your website, ellielax.com. So you can get the book in the store, but also in the store, there are just lots of fun things like bandana, ice packs, tumblers, frisbees, hats, a snack box, a vegan snack box. I encourage our listeners to support obviously Rosie Fund, but if 
any of our guests, you can support them as well, or even instead, if that speaks to you more than Rosie Fund, if that's more in line with where you want to put your, your treasure, by all means, support them. But if you're going to make a donation, I really encourage people to make a purchase instead, because you make a donation, you get the receipt for the tax-deductible donation. You get a General Barn travel tumbler, people in the break room at work are going to ask, what is that? Or you play with your General Barn Frisbee at the park and someone else picks it up, they're going to ask, what is that? And you have an opportunity to then promote the General Barn. So buying something that's logoed really helps promote the organization in addition to the revenue that the Gentle Barn gets from the purchase. So go to the store because, again, it has all these fun things. And the book, if that's on your coffee table when someone comes in the door or if you are a uh, organization that has a waiting room like a doctor's office or any place where you could put a book out on the coffee table there to get more exposure, buy a couple of books. So go to gentlebarn.org. Again, that will be linked in the description. What is next for the Gentle Born? You talked about there's a project in New York and uh, you're going to have another book coming out in May. Anything else we should look for with the Gentle Born? We've got lots of projects in the hopper and uh, hopefully they will work. We're talking to producers about an unscripted TV show so we can show the world who these animals are. We're really trying to affect change in the horse carriage industry in New York and Central Park. We really just want to make the lives of these animals better. And in the immediate future, we are about to rescue some turkeys just before Thanksgiving. We're going to rescue them, put them through quarantine, heal them, and people can come and cuddle with them and see how affectionate they are. People, I don't think, have an appreciation for what intelligent, magnificent birds they are. I grew up on a farm, and there were wild turkeys who would just kind of move in and would figure out that, oh, here's a barn. This is a nice place to kind of hang out and and raise our whatever baby turkeys are called. Probably not chicks, but I'm going to call them turkey chicks but to raise their turkey chicks. And then where we live in suburban Kansas City, there's this pasture right in the middle of the suburbs that's out my back door. And we will see flocks of 15 to 30 turkeys. And the most interesting interaction we saw is we also have deer. And there was a doe who had two fawns. And there was a big tom turkey and a hen turkey that were just minding their own business, but were, I guess, unacceptably close to the fawns. And the doe would, it looked like she was trying to play because she would kind of lift her front hooves and kind of paw and toss her head around. And the turkeys would be annoyed by this and would move five feet away. And then the fawns were curious and they would just kind of keep following the turkeys. And the doe couldn't figure out how to convince her fawns to leave the turkeys alone and for the turkeys to just go away. And the turkeys were not intimidated by her, just annoyed by her. And so we just got to watch them interact and play out our back window. And that's something 
is a memory that that I treasure, and it was just very heartwarming, relaxing, and you don't think about what's on the news or what else is going on in the world. You're just thinking about this is a special moment that I am blessed to witness. Moments like that are happening at the Gentle Barn all the time. Yeah, first of all, you're so lucky that you get to see that. I mean, that is so incredibly beautiful. And yes, turkeys are amazing. They're a very rich society. They have a very rich and deep language that they use with each other. They're very protective parents. The moms carry their chicks on their backs. They're beautiful, beautiful animals. And at the gentle barn, once they learn to trust people, then the girl turkeys like to cuddle and mm-hmm. the boy turkeys like to show off. Yes. <laughs> but yes, things like that are happening at the gentle barn all the time. We like to call our horse pasture, it's almost like a high school in recess because there's so much drama. It's like this one's flirting with that one. Mm-hmm. And then now they're mad at each other. So now they're broken up and they're, you know, this one's going to talk to that one. They have their relationships. They have their love affairs. They get married and they mate for life. And we've also seen animals be born and how the entire tribe celebrates their birth. We've seen animals pass away and how the tribe says goodbye before they transition. We've seen love affairs. We've seen affection. We've seen protection. We've seen playfulness. We've seen babies grow up into adulthood. We've seen mommies raise their babies. It's beautiful, beautiful relationships. So much to teach us. Anyone who wants to be a part of the Gentle Barn, certainly if you are in California, Missouri, or Tennessee, it's worth the drive and just check out uh, schedules and events and everything on the website, gentlebarn.org, linked in the description. And if you want to be a part of the Gentle Barn, I'm guessing you are always welcoming to volunteers. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Always need volunteers. And people can follow us on all social media platforms by just looking at the Gentle Barn. And I grew up on a farm, as I mentioned. So me stepping into the Gentle Barn, I would think I'd be a quick study. But I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you expect anyone to have any sort of animal husbandry background or experience with large animals or a vet tech certificate. You'll teach them what they need to know. Yes, absolutely. And actually, it's a little bit the opposite where we prefer people without a background because when people are raised with um, an expertise in animal care, then they bring those habits to the gentle barn. And the gentle barn does things very uniquely and very differently. So we kind of prefer when people don't have much experience and we can introduce them to these amazing animals, show them how to care for them the way that we do. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll teach them everything they need to know. So really your criteria is they have to have a willingness to love. Yes. That's, that's the uh, first question in the interview. Do you have a willingness to love? You say yes. Interview is over. They're in. Welcome, welcome <laughs> aboard. So volunteer, but also donate through the website. And again, shop in the store. Get yourself a, a sharp. I, I keep coming back to the, the tumbler. I look at that. It's this beautiful wood grain look of a, it's a sharp looking tumbler and then other nice items. And you can't have too many trucker hats. Get, get yourself <laughs> a, the gentle barn trucker hat and have that as your conversation starter. Ellie Lax, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for what you do 
to help animals and help people and to spread the love and compassion that comes from the human-animal bond and helping us to save each other. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and thank you for your beautiful connection with animals and how you're inspiring other people to maybe see animals a little bit differently. I'm Phil Hatterman and you've been listening to Dog Words presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Ellie Lax for joining us from The Gentle Barn. Links to the websites and social media are in the description. Next time on Dog Words, we welcome companion animal nutrition expert Daniel Shuloff. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule at thewires.info, and download their music on iTunes. Check out FiddleLife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Current links in the description for more information. Go to rosyfun.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the contact form at rosiefund.org and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other. Dog Words.